Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia, major partner of the Australian Open. Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have your company for the all-electric Kia EV9, Kia's largest electric seven-seat SUV. Kia are a major partner of the just recently completed Australian Open and Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Let's have a look at the weekend review. We've been looking at some of the events across the weekend. Uh, look out for the sunrise. Enjoy local service. There's over 1,200 stores Australia-wide. Visit newsunrise.com.au. AU. Joining us for the first time this year here on Sports Day WA. Well, it will be the first time this year because this is the very first program for 2024. And a happy new year to you. Daniel Garb, thanks for joining us. And to you, Pete. Nice to talk, mate. Now, I know I've known you for a number of years. And when we worked mm-hmm. together many moons ago, uh, you came across uh, and showed your passion for the Liverpool Football Club. And as we know, there's <laughs> a lot of Liverpool supporters spread around Australia when the announcement came across the weekend that Jurgen Klopp, the highly successful manager of the Merseyside Club, said, I'm done and I'm leaving at the end of this current season in the Premier League, what was your immediate reaction? <laughs> Complete shock. I was actually on air with um, Channel 10 and Paramount Plus on a Saturday night doing the A-League game. And, uh, yeah, my phone was off, obviously, as I was on air, turned it on, and I thought, what's going on here? I got a couple messages from mates saying, Stop working. Call me now. We need to discuss this. So I knew something was pretty pretty serious was up. Um, a huge surprise. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, would be a couple seasons left at Liverpool for Jurgen Klopp and then he would bid farewell and, and go on some sort of sabbatical. I did not expect it to come at the end of this season, nor did anyone, I think, who has any sort of interest in the Premier League or Liverpool. And for him to announce it now at the halfway point, was also different. That aspect of it, I think, is a bit of a silver lining for Liverpool fans. He's announced it now. The Reds are top of the table. And the hope is it will provide some sort of inspiration for Liverpool to win title number 20 and their second of the Premier League era. And it also gives the club time to prepare for a replacement and for everyone at the football club to get their head around it. Life without Jurgen Klopp. It, there's time for the work to be done away from the field and in the minds of the fans and the players to, to get around that because it's such an enormous departure, of course. Mm. That being said, you cannot replace a manager of that quality. And it's going to be an enormous challenge for the Reds to, uh, 
to go on with life without him. Because as we've seen in the past, when a, a world-class manager leaves a team at their peak, which Liverpool are at right now, top, top of the Premier League, uh, that's the most difficult situation to uh, for a new manager to come into. So it's going to be a big change. It's going to be a huge challenge. But I'll tell you what, if he leaves with the title, Pete, I think Liverpool fans will be uh, pretty happy with that. You've been around for a number of years. You've followed the history of the Liverpool Football Club. He took over from Brendan Rodgers uh, in October of 2015. And we know that he's brought success uh, and trophies to the Liverpool Cabinet there's been Kenny Dalglish, there's been Roy Hodgson's, there's been Rafa Benitez, Gerard Houllier. I remember Roy Evans interviewing him many years ago yeah. at their training ground there in Liverpool. There's been Sooners. But, of course, everybody talks about the uh, Bill Shankly era. How would mm. you look at, uh, if he does take off the Premier League title this season, where would he rank, do you think? I think the best way to phrase it is he would be, I think, the second most influential manager in Liverpool history after Bill Shankly. Because both of them, I think, allowed for cultural change at the football club. Shankly took the team from a club that was performing way below expectations and turned it into a behemoth. And Jurgen Klopp did the same. There are other managers that were hugely successful. Joe Fagan continued what... Shankly had done and won big trophies. Kenny Dalglish continued what others had done and won trophies. But there are very few who take a club that was really in a perilous situation and lift it to the status that it's in right now. And yeah, there have been successful periods in the Premier League era before Jurgen Klopp came. Rafa Benitez was the uh, certainly the most successful Liverpool manager in the Premier League era. But no one got that title. No one lifted the ultimate trophy. That is the uh, the old first division, now the Premier League trophy. And Klopp did that along with winning a, a European Cup. And he kept Liverpool at the top table of English football for a long period. He's been there for nine seasons now. They've been contending for the majority of those campaigns. And he also had that special connection where and they call him the German Scouser. He had that relationship with the fans and with the city uh, he was transformative in that sense. And so I think after Shankly, he's the most influential Liverpool manager that's ever been. Before we leave uh, the big announcement across the weekend regarding Jurgen Klopp, people are now asking, where does he go to next? He says he hasn't got the energy to continue at Liverpool because it's such a big job. And all of a sudden, mm. there is talk uh, whether they can buy him. And we're talking about Newcastle with the Saudi Arabian money. Is there a chance, do you think, he could remain in the Premier League? Well, he said that he won't manage another English club. He said, even if it means I don't eat, I will not manage another English club. We've heard many people in sports say things and do another over time. I can't see it changing in the near future. I can't see him managing for another 12 to 18 months after he leaves Liverpool. He said he wants to have a normal life. He's never had a normal life, and he needs to scratch that itch, if you like, because you know, being a manager of a massive football club like the Reds is 100% consuming, and he, and he needs for his family that, to just have a break and step away. Pep Guardiola did this not long ago, you might remember. He was backpacking around America at one stage when he felt like he needed a, a sabbatical. So I think Klopp will go through that. I think he'll manage again at some stage, but yeah, you'd like to think he'll stay to his word, stay true to it, and won't manage in England again unless it's with Liverpool for another stint. It seems like the German national team might be a job for him in the future. Who knows? But uh, 
He certainly needs a break. He'll be back in the game, though, at some stage. He's still too young. He's still got too much to offer. And uh, I'm sure the appetite will return once he uh, steps away for a little bit. Daniel, let's look at the Socceroos currently in Qatar uh, undertaking the Asian Cup. Uh, a comfortable 4-0 victory over Indonesia last night. We expected that. But stronger up- opposition just around the corner now as they head to the quarterfinals, Saudi Arabia or South Korea. It's going to be a huge step up. It's one that may suit the Socceroos. So we saw how well they played at the World Cup against obviously more challenging opposition. We've seen in the last few months how well they've played against the likes of Argentina in that friendly in China and against England in England where they took the game to them. Sometimes it suits Australia more to have a team come at them a little bit with, with a bit more open space. The sides that sit back with the low block and, and a very defensive, which... The teams that have played the Socceroos in Asia are um, the teams they've played so far. Australia doesn't necessarily have the creativity in the final third to open them up. And it becomes a little bit taxing and the confidence drops and the tension rises. They've been able to get the job done in these games. They've been very good defensively as well, but they haven't quite had that fluidity. Maybe against a team like South Korea or Saudi Arabia, if they can maintain their defensive acumen, which has been very good in the tournament so far, they might be able to open them up a little bit more the other way with more space afforded to them. That's the hope. That being said, they're going to have to live their, lift their performance overall because they've got the results so far. I think confidence is rising incrementally, but they haven't quite strung together the kind of football that leads you to think they could beat a South Korea, maybe a Saudi Arabia. If they're not quite on their game, they're a bit more inconsistent. But the Koreans at their best look like they're a level above Australia right now. That being said, they've had some issues in the tournament as well. It feels very open, Pete, the whole Asian Cup Mm. right now. And so you wouldn't write Australia off, but it's going to be a much sterner test, as you say. And the tactical framework of the game is going to be fascinating as well. And just maybe it will suit Australia. And just before we let you go, let's look at the A-League. Friday night, uh, Melbourne City come to HBF Stadium here in Perth to take on the Perth Glory, who scored a late one uh, to take the points and share the points, I should say, against MacArthur FC. We're at the halfway stage of the A-League, 27 rounds. Some of the clubs have played 14, some 13. In the case of MacArthur, they've played 15. But it's roughly the halfway stage. How do you see it? It's very even. I mean, the Melbourne victory were flying and they've now had three draws in a row and a couple of those games they had a one-man advantage. They're clearly missing Bruno Fornaroli. Uh, But they've shown they're not, despite being undefeated, um, they're hardly without some issues, most notably in attack. Uh, The Wellington Phoenix are going about their business beautifully. That's the story of the season. Giancarlo Italiano in his first season in the job, someone who a lot in Australian football and New Zealand football hadn't heard too much of, doesn't have a big playing background, become a coach the hard way has got the Phoenix up near the top. The Mariners have been fantastic as well, the reigning champions, considering the departure of their coach, Nick Montgomery, Jason Cummings, and some other key players. They are right up there as well in a wonderful unbeaten streak, and they're winning lots of games. So they're a contender. I think the Wanderers in Melbourne City are, are still strong as well, and Sydney FC are starting to look really good. So there's a number of sides that can challenge for it. Uh, I've been really impressed with the glory, though, Pete. I must say, what Alan Stajic is doing, and Adam Taggart as well as a captain and a leader, Considering all that's going on off the field, the handbrake that is basically being pulled on the club at the moment without owners, you've got to be impressed by what they've done. They beat Western Sydney away. They get the late point against MacArthur. 
They are fighting. And I think Glory fans are really impressed with their team. They should get out there and support them because the players deserve that, considering the way in which they are going about their business uh, with a lot of issues to deal with. It's, it's been great to watch. And, uh, yeah, it'd be nice if they caused another upset against Melbourne City on the weekend. Yeah, looking forward to it. 6.45 on Friday night. Get out there. Should be a, a great match. It's been a great chat, uh, Garby. Thanks for your time. And we'll keep in touch here on SEN's Sports Day. Thanks, Pete. Good man, Daniel Garb. Uh, and we'll have him during the course of the season. Knows his football. As I said, I worked with him some years ago. Uh, he knows the round ball game very well. Uh, likes his basketball too, as we all do. And you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member. Today, don't forget, Sunday, the club is retiring Damien Martin's number 53 jersey. That'll be a special occasion. We'll take a break, recap all the big stories of the day on the other side of the break here on Sports Day WA.